It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today myself and Simon spoke to boxing promoter Frank Warren on what's been described as an historic day for the sport on December the 23rd with a host of top fighters on the same bill in Saudi Arabia. Meantime, Arsenal have no plans to cancel their visit, Rwanda's sponsorship, should commercial deals be influenced by political issues? And why isn't Raheem Sterling in the England squad, given the good form that he's in? Simon gives us his take on that, as only he can. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Good morning, everybody. So we now know who fights who in Saudi Arabia on December the 23rd. I kind of knew, but was keeping stum because Frank Warren, top boxing promoter who's right behind this night on December the 23rd, he was uh, speaking to me about it the other night when we watched Arsenal beat Seville uh, in the Champions League. Mr. Frank Warren joins us live. Frank, good morning to you. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Simon. Morning, Frank. Uh, Frank, it's been described as an historic night for boxing. Um, is it right that we should consider it that? Yeah, I think so. I think because we've got a situation where there's these all these fights on one card, and each one of these fights could be a build topper in its own right. So it's a fantastic fight card. Um, as much as and all of us wanted to see um, Wilder and Joshua fight, but this is a start, hopefully, to get it on. At least we're working hard to make the thing happen. And they're in they're in tough fights themselves. Joseph Parker and Deontay Wilder is a good fight. You know, Joseph Parker, we've all seen him over here. He's a tough competitor. He's only ever been stopped once. And uh, I think, you know, Deontay um, having those fights with Tyson, who knows if he's, you know, what he's got left and if he's, if he's you know, if he's got anything in the tank, we'll find out. And as for Anthony Joshua, um, he's fighting Otto uh, Wallin, who's only lost one fight, and that was to Tyson Fury. 
a few years ago. He's coming yeah. off a really good win. Yeah. And he's a southpaw. And okay. Well, well, I mean, you, you, undoubtedly, Frank, you get some of the best boxers in the world in the same bill. Uh, Joshua will fight Wallen, as you say. Wilder will fight Parker. Daniel Dubois will fight Jarrell Miller. We'll get to Jarrell Miller in a minute. But how difficult was it putting it all together to get that lot on the one bill? Well, it was difficult because to start with, we you know we sat down with um, His Excellency Turkey Al Alasheikh, who's um, you know who who uh, basically is the runs the Riyadh season and the general entertainment group uh, entertainment authority in Saudi Arabia, and they told us what they wanted to do, and we was and all these fights came about and through. Uh, Myself, uh, my son George, and uh, Spencer Brown from Gold Star, Gold Star, we all worked hard to make these fights happen. And behind the scenes, obviously, our respective staffs had to work hard to get all these contracts sorted mm. out mm. in time for a press conference, which was, I, c I can assure you, weren't easy. But we were, got were it. You, were, Frank, were you ever going to get Joshua to fight Wilder on this bill? No, we, 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 there was a, it, it, I've got to be honest, that was the initial thought, but it, it just wasn't to be. But I do think, provided they win their respective fights, I know Wilder wants it because he's, you know, he's in. And I, I think at the end of the day, Joshua, if he comes through his fight, he will have to do it because I don't see how he cannot make it happen. You know, they both say they want it to happen. Um, you know, now we're, we're pushing everybody in a position where, as I say, if they win their respective fights, it will have to happen. There's nowhere else to go. Mm. Um, it's good having you. I know Simon wants to fire off a couple at you in a second. Uh, Joshua and Wilder were in decent form speaking at this presser yesterday. People talking about our peaks have never even seen what a peak looks like in their whole career. So I don't know what they're talking about, number one. Secondly, I want to thank His Highness Turkey and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia for putting a phenomenal card together. I'm looking forward to delivering my message to Otto Wallen on December 23rd. I know where I want to go, I know what I want to do, and I'm sticking to that plan. I set out a plan at the start of this year, and I'm sticking to that. I'm a man of my word. I stand firm on what I believe, and I believe I'm going to be three-time heavyweight champion of the world. And my first stop to that in getting in the rankings is putting on a demolishing job against Otto Wallen. It's good to be in the same room with him, to see him face-to-face, um, -face, you know. It's been a long time coming. I wish you nothing but the best, bro. And um, hopefully soon we can get it on in the ring and get the people what they want once and for all. But I wish you nothing but the best, even if it doesn't happen. But I, I believe it's going to happen. I believe it will. It's about that time. But even if it don't, I wish you nothing but the best. So Joshua and uh, Wilder Simon believe it will happen, that they will fight, just not on December the 23rd. Yeah. I mean, look. Whatever you say, you've got you've got Frank Warren, you've got Eddie Hearn, so you can't have divisions in this conversation because what people say is is that I have a dialogue with Frank Warren, which is different to the dialogue I have with Eddie Hearn, and people will make out the noise about whether Anthony Joshua is fighting Deontay Wilder on this fight card. What I have to say is you have an impressive fight card, whether it's Frank that opened the door, which it clearly is, and other people are going to get the benefit of it. What I was interested for was to watch the noise coming out of Gerald Miller. Someone needs to shut him up, Frank, don't they? Well, I'm hoping my man does it. I mean, you know, it's uh, he's got a tough fight there, Daniel. You know, he 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 gave whatever whatever people want to say about that fight. He gave Usyk his toughest fight since he's been a heavyweight. There's no doubt about that. But there was a lot of doubters at the end saying that although he got him in trouble, whether it was a low blow or not, it's facts is he did hurt him. Um, and there was the you know people saying that you know he, he didn't show. Um, he, you know after that he sort of. He's, the fight went out of him, and 
I get, I understand and hear what some people say. For Daniel, this is this is a career, a real de- career defining fight because he's got to show, he's got to show what he's about. He's got to show he's a fighting man, mm. fighting a guy who's you know pretty confident. He's only yeah, lots, lots of noise, lots of noise. Interesting to interesting to see. I mean, Lyndon Arthur must think all his Christmases have come at once, mustn't he? Well, he must do, but it's uh, you know he's the uh, IBO champion and uh, he's fighting Dimitri Bivol. It's a very very tough fight. There's no doubt about that. Bivol, I think, is probably the best in the world, and uh, this it, it will be. But you know what? He's the IBO champion. He's he's up there, and uh, and this is his chance. And we've seen upsets. I mean, we nearly seen one a few weeks ago with Tyson. And, uh, is this it, Frank? Is this the is this is this the way? I mean, obviously, you forged this relationship, and you've developed this opportunity, and other people are going to get on in on the back of it, and that's why you are front and center in the press conference now, and and rightly so. Is this the way that we now see that that Saudi is now the new Vegas of fighting? It's now the fight capital, and the big fights are predominantly going to happen there. I think a lot of the big fights will happen there, Simon, and I do think. You know, I, I, I went for the first time uh, for the for Tyson's fight, and I was quite pleasantly surprised. It wasn't what I was expecting it to be, and especially, you know, there's such a young population there, and they're really in, into sport. There's no doubt about that, and they, you know, they they're they're the biggest users of social media in the world, and and for me, this is this this, you know, they're opening themselves up, and they're opening up. And and they've made and made a decision. Entertainment and sport is is going to be an entertainment and sport capital. They, they've got a massive festival. It's in its fourth year to Riyadh Riyadh season, and big events are going to be on. And boxing will benefit from it. And it's not bad for British boxing. Yeah, you, you, sorry to jump in, Frank. You, you mentioned your man Daniel Dubois will fight Jarrell Miller. I'm looking at quite a number of messages coming in. Should Jarrell Miller be fighting at all with his previous uh, doping problems in look, the past? Look, he's 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 he, he's been proved positive. He's been banned for boxing. He's now been licensed by Nevada. That's it. I mean, you know, I'm not. I don't police the sport. If he's licensed, then he's licensed and he, and he's paid. You know, you, you go to prison, you do something. When you come out of prison, you're supposed to be in a position where you can carry on with your life. You've paid your debt to society. Yeah. For me, uh, that that's how it is yeah, with, with, yeah. with the doping. But for me, you know, if it was you get caught for doping and you're banned for life, then I would respect that. It, it was I'm, a kind of coming together yesterday, Frank, of uh, the great and the good in boxing. I mean, we saw you shake hands with Eddie Hearn. Uh, Hearn apparently said, it was almost like, look, forget the past, there's always going to be a rivalry, let's not mess up this opportunity for our fighters and let's work together. So we're all pals now. Well, like I said to you, this is going to be a game changer. I told you this a long while ago, everybody laughed. I told you what was going to happen and I've really felt deep down this is where we were going. But it's not just him, there were 12 other promoters we got involved in this show. You know, that's what we've pulled together between all of us. It's made it happen. 12 promoters from different parts of the world bringing their fighters to make a, a huge card. And this would be the very fir- this would be the first of many of those cards of these type of cash, fights. Cash cleans it all, Frank, doesn't it, at the end of the day? Look, they're professional boxers. You know, if you were chairman of Crystal Palace and you was asked to take your team out for a a friendly match in Saudi, you'd bite people. No, you're missing my point. What I'm saying is the reasons why everyone can get in a room and everyone can find a cord is because there's enough money in the room to make it happen. Well, I don't think it's... Everyone... I think the money makes it happen because obviously people start off with fighters, they invest in their careers and they want to 
put, you know, once the fighters get to a certain stage, they want to start recouping some of their money. Yeah. All the promoters want to do that. And why not? That's the business we're in. And it gives us money to then go and develop other young fighters and bring them through. Well, Frank, I tell you what, you're having a hell of a week because today we've got a press conference uh, to promote Fury versus Yusik, um, which is going to happen in Saudi in February. Can we expect uh, any other big names to come out of that one? You will find out later on today when the press conference takes place. But we got, look, it's it, it's all happening. We're making these fights happen. You know, for months and months, I was getting plenty of stick off of off of you too about when's this fight going to happen. <laughs> it's, in fact, it's the quickest unification match has ever been made, um, and we got that on. So that's brilliant, and we got a great. Sh- we got a, we, we're doing a, a show for Deborah Charity some, tomorrow night. Well done. Yeah. Sold out. Good. And on Saturday, we've got a cracking British show called The Magnificent Seven, where we've got seven British title fights on it. It'll be on TNT. And they're all really good young fighters coming through. And hopefully, you know, in a year, two years' time, some of these will be fighting for world titles. Mm. And I did one of these shows quite a few years ago, and uh, all the, nearly all the fellas on there, bar one, fought and won world titles. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to push you for the name, but is. Is there another big name in the frame to be announced around Fury, you see? Um, not at this moment. All right. You'll, you'll find out in dim. There will be a number of shows coming up, you know, both here and abroad, which are going to feature some British fighters, great opportunities. And the one thing I was trying to get, get mentioned earlier was that why this is good for British boxing is we haven't got to sit up to four or five in the morning. Yeah. If any fights are running Saturday, you get True. the prime True, true. Frank, one final point. If either Joshua or Wilder lose on the 23rd, we can forget Joshua Wilder, can we not? Well, I mean, it depends how they lose. If one of them gets, you know, one of them gets uh, knocked out or, or something, no, I think all the, you know, most of the uh, enthusiasm for that would, would go away, wouldn't it? I don't think people would be that maybe that interested. We'll see what happens. But, but they've got tough fights and anything can happen, especially, you know, the, they're not they're not young guys. No, true, true. Anything can happen in heavyweight boxing. Neither are Simon myself, but you, you're I still looking want, very I young. Want, I didn't want to say I didn't want to say anything about that. <laughs> Frank, thank I'm you for still, joining. I'm still 71 years young, so I'm still crashing away on it. You're looking okay, my friend. Frank Warren with us live this morning, talking about December the 23rd. So Joshua fights Wallen, Deontay Wilder fights Parker, Dubois, Jarrell Miller, Jarrell the Mouth. Miller. Judging by yesterday, we're going to see Dimitri Bivol uh, in action as well. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Talk Sports Fight Night host Adam Catterall joins us uh, live. Adam, good afternoon to you. How do you view it? Good afternoon, gentlemen. How the devil are we? We're good? Good, we're good, good, good. Thank good, you, mate. mate. What's yeah. your take on this? Um, it's a huge step in the right direction. I can't disagree uh, with the majority of what Frank was just saying there. Obviously, from a fight fan's point of view, there's going to be disappointment when you see Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder on the same card and you find out that they're not fighting each other. You're going to wonder why. But this is a massive step in the right direction. We've got a lot of big names on the same card. The positives that I take from yesterday's announcement that we've got multiple amounts of promoters, I think 12 in total, I was told yesterday, promoters and managers, uh, that are all working together uh, to put on one night 
um, with some of the biggest names in the heavyweight division in particular. It was great to see Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn finally together. Fingers crossed that's the sign of things to come, that they'll be able to work uh, together going forward and, and bring the big fights. Um, the best analogy that I can give for people that are listening uh, to the show this morning, the way, that I, the way that I'm looking at this, like I said, it's a step in the right direction. It's not what we we all ask for, but it's a step in the right direction. And the analogy that I've come up with is, for a long period of time, we've been asking for champagne. Promoters have been promote, uh, have been promising us champagne. Several times they promised us champagne, but yesterday they dished up a decent bottle of Prosecco. Now that's all well and good. <laughs> if you look back 12 months, we were demanding champagne and they were promising us champagne and they were dishing up a pint of warm lager. So that's the that's the development right. that we've made, I think, over right. the last 12 months. We're, we're at a stage now where we're going in the right direction. This afternoon, they're going to announce something else. And hopefully that's the start of the champagne uh, next year. I think we're on the cusp of something potentially really good. We're not there yet. I'm excited about what's coming up on December 23rd. There's some real good Jeopardy fights. It's not the ones that we asked for, granted, mm. but we're going in the right direction. Yeah. So, I mean, the heavy, are we witnessing the heavyweight division, do you think, Adam, kickstarting its engines again? Oh, it's been dead for ages, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, there's been yeah. there's been so much chat. There's been so much hotter, a lot of talking, not enough walking. Um, and it's amazing what a big bag of cash can do. You know, you stick that on the table, it uh, satisfies people's greed and ego, and it puts them uh, on the right path. And fingers crossed, 2024 is going to see us all on the right path for the fights that we want to see. Yeah, well, Simon, yesterday, certainly there was plenty of chat from those who were on uh, the uh, the platform. One Jarrell Miller was particularly gobby when he was having a chat with uh, Anthony Joshua. We all know for a fact that AJ don't want no smoke with Deontay. Shut the f uh, even though, start with even, me, you know. Even though, yeah. listen, Miller, don't start with me. Even though, you know, I'll come over there and listen, slap you, and I see you brought your mum here again. I see you brought your mum here again because you need a rampage. Boy, shut up. You're not built that. like that. But like I was saying, we all know that no wow. smoke with Deontay's. As much as I don't like Deontay, I know Deontay will put them in the grave. So let's make, I'll make it easy for you. Either you can fight Deontay and go to the grave or fight me and go to the hospital. Either way, you can get your whooped. So pick your poison. So let's stop all that talking. Take Eddie Hearn to my pick somebody that really can fight. Either me or Deontay, one of us Americans whoop your so Stop running over you, your English you, muffin. You are not doing listen, nothing. Listen, bro, listen, bro. You softening big. You are not doing nothing to me. Watch your you, mouth. You let my little cousin Miller, Andy watch your mouth. You softening watch big. Watch your mouth. Stop running from me. Stop running from Deontay. Man up and fight somebody with a heartbeat, bro. Shut up. What did you think of it, Simon? I mean, do you think Miller was the, the, the one selected to liven up yes. proceedings? Yes, I do. I think that's precisely what he was uh, engineered to do. I think someone was there to make some noise and create some controversy. And J.R.R. Miller did it and brought some interest and intrigue to what at times was a particularly routine press conference, despite the fact it had scale with some of the biggest names in boxing at the table. I don't know what you thought, Ed. Yeah. I mean, Adam, I would have expected we'd, we'd see something like that from Deontay and, and AJ. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would imagine so. Listen, I, listen I, I'm on record of having um thought processes and problems with Jarrell Miller having what he did uh, a couple of years back this is we're talking about a guy that has failed several multiple uh, drug tests um and some of the the drugs that he put into his system i mean he was walking around like a pharmaceutical company at one point it was ridiculous um stuff like epo which you've got to obviously administer yourself you can't 
uh, put that into your system via a tainted supplement. So I've got strong feelings as to whether Jarrell Miller should be anywhere near a boxing mm. ring. But I agree with what you boys have just referred to there. He was brought in to give it a little bit of life and a little bit of... Is it, what, despite what I think, he's an elite trash talker and he most certainly um, <laughs> r- r- rattled a couple of cages yesterday. He, he sure did. But you don't think he should be anywhere near it, uh, Adam? I, I, I noticed at the top of the show, Frank Warren told us on Miller, well, he's done his time, he served his time, he deserves the opportunity. You don't agree? No, I, I, I think, um, listen, I, everybody can make a mistake. Of course they can. And if you make a mistake, then you serve your time and you get an, a second opportunity. But when you make a mistake time after time after time after time again, uh, and the type of things that he made the mistake doing, then I've got strong thought process on that. This is a very dangerous sport. You can cause some serious damage. Um, what has boxing got to do to have have a strong line against people um, that fail performance enhancing drug tests? What do you think is a more remarkable achievement, uh, Adam? This card or the fight that will be announced later on, which has been made in February, and we know it has, uh, Fury Usyk. What's a more remarkable achievement? Wow, that's a good question. Um, the more remarkable achievement, um, well, the one that I'm most excited about is obviously the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk are the premier heavyweights on the planet, and we want to see them in the ring duking it out for the for the top spot and eradicating all doubt that maybe fight fans have had. We've been talking about this for a long period of time, 25 years since we've seen the undisputed championship. So to finally get one, uh, you could probably class that as the more remarkable achievement to get that over the line. I think uh, the card that we experienced uh, with the announcement yesterday is is good. Like I said, there's great names on there and it's exciting that all those promoters are working together and hopefully this is the sign of things to come. When you look at the matchups, I don't think there's any matchup really there that any fight fan was clambering for. Nobody was making noise for any of those particular fights, but to see those fighters all on the same card and fingers crossed all going in the right direction for 2024 is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, We are going to talk about what it's going to be like on the night on December the 23rd and who may do what. Uh, As Adam referred to uh, in his last answer there, there is another big announcement later on today and I'm inclined to agree with him. Uh, This is the one we cannot wait for, uh, Simon. The Undisputed, when Fury gets in with you. Yes, because of the reasons that Adam characterises it. I'm in a different camp. If If this was a Wilder versus Joshua fight on this card... I would say, for me, that's the most intriguing heavyweight fight in boxing right, right. because it answers all the questions. Does Anthony Joshua have a career going forward? Is he capable of withstanding the power of Deontay Wilder? And it has this enormous effect upon me in terms of the the sort of reaction, uh, emotive reaction, towards the fact that this is a fight which will have such intrigue. The, the Fury-Usyk um, fight is more like a dance and there's more strategy behind that one. And it's the undisputed, and I get it. But for me, if I, if I was watching Joshua versus Wilder, it, in my mind... Not in scale of opportunity, but in scale of interest. Yeah. I'd be more interested in that fight than I would be Fury against um, Usyk. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. The UK Supreme Court ruled that the government's Rwanda immigration plan is unlawful. Indeed. It's unlawful. In its current guise. In its current guise. So uh, what happens after that? Well, when you look at it from a football perspective, it's our understanding there are no plans from Arsenal, from Arsenal's point of view, to cancel their sleeve sponsorship deal with Visit Rwanda. You'll have seen that, Simon, on yes. the on the side of the shirt. Um, it's a four-year, £10 million a year deal. It was signed in 2021 with Visit Rwanda's first, uh, when Visit Rwanda first appeared on the Arsenal shirt. So that would be when, back in 2018. Simon, should commercial deals like this in football be influenced in any way by an ongoing political issue such as that? Because I repeat, the UK, the UK Supreme Court's ruling was that the Rwanda immigration plan is unlawful. So it's like, right, pull the brakes for a moment. Yes, no is the answer, because of course not. I mean, the, the judicial system is adjudicating on the basis of a question being put to a, 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 by the government on a, on a certain initiative, and they're using the UN's reporting as the basis for the decision-making, and some of the UN's reporting on other parts of the world, including Gaza, has been rather ridiculous. So I think you'll find that the, uh, the that this Rwanda thing will revisit itself again, and there may well be a solution to that particular challenge. But it's got nothing to do with a commercial relationship. Rwanda is a country promoting its well-being, promoting its tourist industry, promoting its 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 perspective in the world, in the same way that Saudi Arabia are. We're all sitting there to barking at... We all go, hey, look how wonderful it is. We're going to have fights in Saudi. What's different about this, then? Yeah, yeah. As you rightly say, I mean, Arsenal would maintain, and you're, 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 you've just underlined that fact, that the deal is about promoting tourism yeah. in a developing country Absolutely. rather than supporting the country's political leadership. Yeah, and I don't think the political leadership and the differences of opinion about what we do with um, quote-unquote asylum seekers coming into this country and how we manage our immigration policy has nothing to do with the commercial relationship that a football club has with a country that's promoting its tourists. The government has decided to enter into a relationship or try to enter a relationship in the same way that our government sponsors the selling of bombs and weapons to Saudi Arabia that drop them on Yemen. You know, and here we are, waxing lyrical about our players going over there and playing in their league and their money coming in and funding huge parts of our transfer spend in this particular transfer window and our fighters going and fighting Saudi. It's hypocrisy. So I don't think it's a conversation that needs to be had. And I don't think Arsenal should have anything, any truck with anyone suggesting that because a government initiative is not finding its feet at this moment... There's no has optics any, issue that. for you. If you wanted to have optics, if those that object to the idea 
that we should have any solutions and one of them should be, shouldn't be Rwanda are going to suggest that Arsenal Football Club are endorsing something that they find unacceptable. Yeah. Those that have that view. I, I don't share that view. Uh, it's always interesting, though, when uh, in sport, sponsorship deals seem to be uh, to have a political link to them um, come up for argument. And this this was exactly what happened when Dana White, uh, the UFC president, Dana, Dana White, was interviewed recently. Um, and of course, his relationship politically came into play in terms of sponsorship with these MMA events as well. His friendship or his reported friendship uh, with the former president, Donald Trump, came into play. Yeah. And Dana was quizzed on that. Should you really be friendly with the likes of Trump and at the same time be pushing and pushing and pushing commercially your sport in MMA? I posted a video for Trump, right, mm -hmm. on my personal social media. And one of our big sponsors called and said, take that down. You know what I said? Go oh, yourself. Yeah. You vote for whoever you want to vote for. And I'll vote for whoever I want to vote for. That's how this works. I don't even care who you're voting for. It's none of my business. F you. Yeah. Don't ever call me and tell me who to vote for. Dana um, seemed to be putting down one of his cheerleaders there, but uh, you, you got the drift. Well, he's absolutely right. These sponsors aren't indexing themselves to UFC out of charity. They're not doing it for goodwill. They're doing it because the sponsorship revenue that they put into the into the industry has some sort of some sort of commercial benefit to them with the people that are watching the prize. So get back in your box and mind your own bleeding business, and don't sponsor it if you don't want to. It's absolutely preposterous. I mean, I'm tired of this nonsense in this world where we have to watch everybody attaching every single cause to their marketing campaign in the pursuit of telling people how they should think. Absolutely well done to Dana White. Maybe the language is a bit more robust than it needed to be, mm. and he can express himself in a more articulate fashion. But quite frankly, chapeau. Whether, you know, you don't like Donald Trump and other people don't like Donald Trump, that's fine. But Dana White can, can do what he wants to do and reap the consequences of it. If that sponsor doesn't like it, then he should go and sponsor something else. I mean, if you had a sponsor call you today... I'd tell them the exact same thing. ...and say, Sam, we're not, we're not particularly comfortable with what you tweeted about some political issue, you would say, go and do one. Absolutely. I, I, if it was your biggest sponsor. Well, I don't think UFC is short of opportunities right now. I don't think it's craving its next dime. It's a huge, successful, owned format by Dana White. It has a massive growth potential. These sponsors aren't doing it through charity. And precisely and concisely, Dana White is absolutely right to say which is And if that sponsor says, I don't want to sponsor you anymore, then I'm sure Dana White will take the consequences of that. And he will get on with it. Yeah. In the same way that the, the sponsor will have to take the consequences of Dana White's reaction. There's, this is a commercial relationship. It's a commercial... I, I don't know who people think they are. I genuinely don't know who people think they are. You have to listen to Ben and Jerry's telling us what we should be doing in the world. Get on with making bleeding ice cream. Every time you go in a supermarket, you've got to have some particular projection onto you as to what viewpoint you should have. Yeah. And I'm tired of it. And I think, well, more people like Dana White and less people like those sponsors. There you go. Ben and Jerry's ice cream used to be my favourite, actually, oh, and yeah. on the occasion I used to go to the Virtual cinema. Virtual signalling twits. Uh, yeah, but there's an ice cream place down here at London Bridge that's the best of the lot. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Let's look at England at the moment. Let's look at the squad that Gareth Southgate has picked and let's look at one particular aspect of that squad in this uh, current international break. Now, 
various individuals here at TalkSport uh, and no doubt quite a number of people around the country who watch football closely are saying no no Raheem Sterling in the squad why is that why is that such luminaries here as Scott Minto Tony Cascarino Darren Bent Sam Allardyce Ali McCoist have all been saying no Sterling I'm a very much a Gareth Southgate fan but I think something's gone on there. You've got Harry Maguire, who's now got into the side for, for United, but for so long didn't, but was still picked. Raheem Sterling, you've had that trust of recent years. He's been brilliant for many a year for, for his country. He's playing, and he's playing really well. I, I, yeah. I don't get it personally. Yeah, well, I would be angry anyway if I was Raheem Sterling. Raheem should have been selected. He should be at least in the 22. If he's not a starter, he played well enough in the Euros to have a start, or certainly be part of a squad if he's playing to the football we, we know he's capable of. It almost feels like Gareth's trying to phase him out. That's what it looks like to me. Like, almost That's just a like, terrible decision. Because he, his form's as good as anyone. You'd say his form's better than Rashford. Better than Grealish, because Grealish is not really playing. Yes. And these two are in the squad and he's not. I think he's slightly unlucky. Yeah, he could perhaps do with that experience in the squad just to see how he is again for when you pick the squad for the Euros. I don't think MD can argue, but I think Sterling's form is probably better than any of the wide players he's got in his yeah. team. He scored. Yeah. So that's Minto, Cascarino, Ben, Big Sam and Ali. Uh, Raheem Sterling, where is he? And then cue the man beside me. Mr Jordan's column in the, the Daily Mail today. Uh, why the fuss over Sterling? England don't need him and don't miss him. Curiously, he says, and for you say, and for reasons that quite frankly evade me, eyebrows have been raised over Raheem Sterling's continued omission from the England squad. But Why? And then you go on to tell us why. Why? Why? I don't know why people would raise their eyebrows. Why, um, but why are you taking this this? Uh, because I don't. I, I, which this part, approach. Which part of Gareth Southgate's qualifying campaign needs to be scrutinised right now? Which part of his selection and the games that we've won and the qualifying at Akanta and the idea that we're playing Malta and North Macedonia as incidental rubbers? have any relevance to a player that's played 82 times for the country. Everyone knows what Raheem Sterling is or isn't. Gareth Safegate is well-versed in his experience, and, and so what does he need to bring him back in the squad for if there are other opportunities to blood other players that may well be weaponized in terms of gotten ready to be part of a European Championship uh, uh, opportunity next year, Cole Palmer being case in point. So I look at it and go, what, what, what's the furore? There were lots of people, lots of dissenting voices... When, when Sterling was getting in the England squad, when people were saying, which format ain't that great? So you can't have it both ways. <laughs> you know, when he was getting in, when his form wasn't that great and there was questions about it. I mean, I, I, I've often railed against this observation. Trevor Sinclair used to make it in the studio about Raheem Sterling, world-class. Yeah. It's nonsense. He's not a world-class footballer. He's played 82 times for England, scored 20 goals. Kylian Mbappe has played 72 times for France and scored 43 goals. It's not a world-class argument. It's a very good player argument. Yeah. And I don't think anyone can argue that he's gone from Man City, where the manager clearly didn't fancy him, was prepared to let him go to a rival, with a statistic of one goal in every two and a half games. He's landed in a clunky, poor, out-of-form Chelsea side that's had a couple of decent results in the last week and has scored one goal in four. Where's the statistical and factual argument that because he played well against Manchester City recently, oh, I know, because he scored two wonderful goals against relegation-threatened Luton. Is, is that the argument that people want to put forward? Do, do you think some of the pundits are putting a bit of spin in this? Well, I think there's also a feeling that um, 
there may be something that's gone on because there's a treatment that's being deployed towards Ben White as well, not being called back into the squads since forever his unexplained absence from the England squad in terms yeah. of returning from Qatar and the rumours circulating that he's had a fallout with Steve Holland and whatever else um, and maybe spent too much time on a sunbed during the time in Qatar. Look, the bottom line is is that Raheem Sterling is not, is not a commodity that Gareth Southgate needs to reintroduce into the international framework to get acclimatised international framework or to find out what he's doing because he's played 82 times for England. The bulk of those of those appearances have been under Gareth Southgate. Mm. Gareth Southgate has earned and the right to pick whatever bloody squad he wants to pick for incidental games like Malta, Malta and, and North, Macedonia. North Macedonia. I get that, but I mean, there's an argument that he could be ahead of Rashford. Possibly. Um, but would you play? Would you play Raheem Sterling in the same in the same way that you'd play Rashford? Does Raheem Sterling give you the same things that Rashford might be able to give you at times? Is there an argument to say that Rashford has been effective at international level in recent times? I don't know. But why does it have to be a like for like? Southgate's made a decision, mm. and and his decision is that Raheem Sterling is not in his squad. See, there's always a hint of ownership owner type opinion comes in why uh, I have to be honest I've never been a huge fan of Sterling I'm as not. a player from the disrespectful manner in which he left Liverpool yeah I did think at the time that there was a little bit of that going on to but, the misplaced suggestion that he's world class uh, that's my main but, focus I mean could you not have a swipe at almost most players the way they leave clubs but the context was that I was asked to write an article on the Raheem Sterling question yeah I was off busy writing an article on Jim Ratcliffe um, and Mr Clayton went I'd like one of Raheem Sterling, please. Oh, so you're yeah. now alleging that the bosses put pressure on you? No, no pressure. I can write what I want. It's my column. But my view on oh, Raheem Sterling... Not on this occasion. Well, it is. If, I'm, if, if I was given a suggestion as to what they'd like to see in the paper, I'm quite happy to write about it. And in this instance, Raheem Sterling was a conversation. It's one that's always... You know, I think Raheem Sterling's a very good footballer. Is that not good enough? Why does it have to be... Why do we have to... Why do we have to extrapolate... Raheem Sterling's world-class. He's not world-class. And it's a ridiculous comparison. It's a false equivalency. So when I turn around and say he's a good player, that's not good enough. When I look at the idea that maybe Cole Palmer has never played at international level for the full side, that may well be coming on the back of a really good season and could be really useful to us next year, and we have no idea how it will settle in, maybe in incidental games like North Macedonia, maybe that's a good line of thinking. Because 82 games for England, you're not a secret, you're well known. So I don't know why Sterling... And I have to say, if, you're, if, you're, if your form at Chelsea... And I didn't think he was great against Tottenham. People are going, oh, he was great against Tottenham. Well, well, Tottenham had nine men on the pitch. And half the time, they weren't great. They yeah, didn't pick the right passes. You could apply the argument of why... I mean, why is Harry Kane in? We, we know exactly what Harry Kane sure. can do. Well, you mean why is Harry Maguire in? Um, no, I mean Kane. I mean, you know, when you look because at Because he's it, the England captain. But, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but... You you know you you know what you're getting with Kane because he's you, the, you know but, exactly but, but, but that. But and as you rightly say, Malta North Macedonia. But he's, but he's the England captain, so you you have these standard bearers in there, and you expect that to be the fulcrum, the backbone of the squad. Yeah. And I don't look at so so. Let me look at this right. The argument that Sterling is not in the side is because we've done so badly without him. No, I, 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 I think he's producing a, a bit of decent form. What? And, and there's a variety what? of people what? like Minto Cascarino, Ben Allardyce McCoys think because of that he should be in. Well, okay, but they're not the England manager, are they? Rio and, Ferdinand, and, who you mentioned in your column. And that's their opinion. And my opinion is something different. My opinion yeah. is is that maybe Raheem Sterling can keep on producing the form that he's produced in the last couple of games. And albeit I don't think that form was, I think it was great against Man City. 
But notwithstanding, I think the, the idea argument that he's been great since he's got to Chelsea in the last 16 months, I think he was lucky to get in the squad to go to the World Cup. You see, there's a few... There's Reese, who's a Manchester United fan. I don't get Simon a lot of the time. Why, why Rashford and not Sterling? Um, but why, why, do, why do I have to compare and contrast? The conversation was about Sterling. Yeah. If they wanted me to write an article about Marcus Rashford, I'd be writing a bleeding article about Marcus Rashford, wouldn't well, I? Well, I could write a similar article about Marcus Rashford. Marcus Rashford, to me, is a is not doing particularly well. I could, But I wasn't writing about Marcus Rashford. I was writing about Sterling. Because you were told to. Well, I, I didn't know that. You see, told. No, but, but, yes, Jim, I was told to. Key Lee Clayton told me to. He put he put the quill in my hand, dipped <laughs> the ink on the end of the feather, quill. and said, "You will only write on this subject matter." No, but remember how Keon and Murphy uh, virtually no, no, tell no, no, us no. they're they're lent on no, no. to write certain yeah, but columns. We, but, they can't remember but, what they've written. But exactly, the difference is I know precisely what I've written. Whereas, right. whereas Danny didn't know what he's written, and Martin writes about things that aren't true. Do you think so? There's, there, I mean, <laughs> they're the, different, aren't they? Almost inevitably, the praise is coming in for you, Raymond uh, Denby Dale. What is that? I've no clue. I love it when Simon calls out the media for uh, exactly what they are. Thank you, Simon, for giving me a real reason to listen to your show every day. Um, do you think Sterling's international days then are numbered, if not over? Well, he's 28, 29 years of age. So that's up to him, isn't it? Yeah. And Harry Kane's 31, uh, 30, 31, isn't he? Or 30. So there's no reason for uh, Sterling's career to be over. But there's not, I don't think there's a compelling enough argument to say he's a must pick. Of course, whatever's not in the squad, we have to debate in, in certain sections of the media to be able to fill airtime. But I don't think there's a particularly a compelling case for Sterling. I don't think it's a, a nailed-on opportunity, and it's not a secret. No. It's not like Southgate doesn't know him. Okay. But if you want to make up a conspiracy theory, it's like, oh, it well, could be because he left and didn't come back. We're that talking about it. it not to make up airtime. A perceived I mean, slight you, to Gareth Southgate. You've written no, it not, to not fill you, columns not, not, not you. I'm right. talking about other people. Oh, well, I'm not, I'm yeah. not, I've not criticised Southgate's uh, um, selection. Other people have. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm observing that my view is that Southgate's selection is his own business. He's the England manager. They've qualified at a canter. They've beaten the Italians twice. What the hell is the problem? And okay. if he doesn't pick Raheem Sterling, why is there suddenly this great big furore of fan for, for hood for Raheem Sterling? Is the England team not doing well then? Is there an. Oh, oh, send for Agent Sterling. We're in trouble. <laughs> Uh, there's another message coming in Jim Simon's got more faces than Big Ben he was talking about Southgate he was talking Southgate down yesterday now it's the best thing since no, sliced bread no what I was asked about was Southgate's responsibility was to win the European Championship is it yeah. good enough they lost the last three you, can, you, you are capable of holding two opinions aren't you download stand well back listen outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station talk sport Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program.